How's everybody doing tonight? Good? Are you sure? What was that one? There you go. Blessed by the best. I wanted to hear it so I could say it so that we can get it on the video recording. <laughs> so we got that one. Blessed by the best. Love it. How many of you were here last week? And I'm not keeping track. I just want to know. All right, cool. So uh, last week, uh, Daniel did a phenomenal job um, with the message and really challenged everyone. Uh, I listened to it, and it was really good. And it's interesting because um, probably for the past couple months, um, God had been telling me to start remembering some of the things that he has done in my life and just go back and start remembering some of the testimonies. And, and I, was, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, that's, that's interesting. But I knew he was going somewhere with it, and at some point there was going to be a time where I just shared had, had a time of like storytelling and, and sharing testimonies. And um, I knew that was coming. And, and then I talked with Daniel to ask what he was going to be um, speaking about. And I listened to his message. And, you know, at the end, he really asked, some, asked everyone or, or had all of you ask God, you know, with the whole um, idea of stepping into your assignment, you know, he had everybody ask, you know, what, what is my assignment? What do you have for me, God? And what's my next step? And that's awesome. And a lot of times in those moments, we hear something. And it's like, wow, this is amazing. Just heard an amazing word. I'm grabbing onto it by faith. God, you just spoke to me. I'm answering the call. You gave me my next step. And then we go home. And then we go to bed. And then we wake up. And we go to work. We face our daily routines. And it's kind of like... How's that going to happen? <laughs> you know what I mean? There are so many times where, where we get this assignment or we get this word from God and then we hear him and it's kind of like, okay, I'm hearing you, I'm all on board, but this does not look like this. And sometimes all we need is for somebody to stir our faith. And that's what I want to do tonight is just add some fuel to what, what God already started in you from last week's message. And I want to do this because I heard it's a little tricky, so I'm going to do this as, we are, um, as we're standing here. So if you have not heard the message, if you go online, I'm going to do this. I just need, need to do this. So if you go online to soundcloud.com, hopefully our Wi-Fi is fast right now, so I'm not eating up my speaking time. So go to soundcloud.com. This is not a plug for SoundCloud. I don't get paid by them. I wish I did. Um, so soundcloud.com, and you type in the search bar, you type in Res Life, all one word, R-E-S-L-I-F-E, and then ministry. Click on that. And there's a Res Life ministry icon. Click on that. Underneath that, it's everything outside of Sunday services. So Wednesday nights, men's ministry, women's ministry, freedom ministry, and a couple other things are on there. And there's a, a whole separate uh, Wednesday night playlist. Right now we have 61 messages on there that you can listen to. So um, I just encourage you, if you didn't hear the message last week, go back and listen to it. It was really good. It was really challenging. And it ties in with what I'm going to be talking about tonight. So last week... Daniel really talked about stepping into the assignment that you have 
and, and he talked about the life of Moses and, and what must have been going on with Moses and just that internal battle and that internal conflict. And so when you got done hearing that message, you asked God, okay, what's my assignment? And you probably started having some of those same internal conflicts that, that Moses had because you start going through the whole questioning thing, like how is that going to happen? I don't see how, how that's possible or, or I'm not qualified to do that. I mean, the very same thought process that, that Moses went through, some of you may have found yourself going through that process and not even realizing it. And I'm just here to share with you tonight that no matter what God has called you to do, you can do it. You can do it. And we'll kind of see where the night goes. Maybe at the end um, we'll do something to kind of nail it in a little bit further. But, man, I was just so encouraged looking back at the times that God has done stuff in my life. And I'll warn you right now, this, this, mes- this message comes with a warning. I'm a little emotional <laughs> I don't know how far I'm going to get through this because going back and remembering just all of the amazing things that he's done in your life. And then just within the past couple days, I've just been hearing testimony after testimony after testimony. Like somebody just started a bag of popcorn. It's just like popcorn kernels popping. And just there's this overwhelming sense of God is doing something more than he normally does. And it's all about our hearts and our positions and our attitude towards him. You know, it's all about us not walking past the burning bush, but stopping and pursuing. So I just encourage you, and pursue God right now in this season. He's doing awesome things. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what your race is. It doesn't matter your sex or anything. He's doing something. And Moses' life really showed that to us. You know, he was used at many different ages. There are many different ages that we see different stories of, of Moses and real life accounts of the things that happened in his life. And I wrote this down because it's so true. It says, God is not looking at your age, your race, or your gender. He's just looking for someone who's determined to hear his voice and be quick to obey it. Period. I'll even throw this in there. A lot of the times we want to disqualify ourselves from whatever it is that we feel like we're supposed to do. But how can we disqualify what we haven't qualified to begin with? Think about that. What qualifies us? Somebody can answer. It's not a trick question. He does. Our position. Jesus in us, Christ in us. We didn't qualify ourselves. He qualified us. So how can we disqualify us? By saying no. It's the only way. By saying no. But it doesn't have anything to do with our ability. It doesn't have anything to do with our strength. It doesn't have anything to do with our purpose. It doesn't have anything to do with we're not equipped enough has everything to do with us saying no. And that's it. 
So when we hear from God and he gives us these, these assignments and these things to step into, like I said, it says we're determined to hear his voice. We were determined last week to hear his voice. Now he's like, okay, you heard my voice. Now, I want you to be quick to obey it. Pursue me in what you heard. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen overnight. A lot of the times it's a process. God is always building on yesterday. He's always building on yesterday. John, are you here tonight? I don't see him. Uh, A few weeks back, somebody um, came up to me after the service and he said, hey, I have a word for you. Um, If it's all right, I'd like to give it to you. And and I said, sure. And we we sat down. And and part of what he told me was um, he saw this for me. He saw a side view of a staircase like this. And part of what he saw was, was different steps in my life, and each one was building upon the past one. However, it didn't matter if the step was good or not. Even if it was a bad step, or even if it was something bad that happened in my life, or a bad season, it was still a step to get to where I was going next. God's always building on our past. Always. So regardless of of whatever he's calling us to do, he can use our past to build upon where he wants us to go next. And I'll just kind of share a quick story while we're talking about this as to how God uses process in in different time frames and and builds on our past. I have a few of them. I don't know which one I want to. I have a whole bunch of them. They're fun, so I don't know which one to pick. So... I'll go to this one. Back in 2012, I'm trying to include as many dates as I can. I'm not normally like that um, as far as keeping track of this stuff. Um, So I did some digging. I had to like call certain people and try to track down certain things to get dates because I wanted to show you the process. Um, Some of this stuff does not happen overnight. So back in 2012, um, my wife and I were out at um, another church, and there was a guest speaker that came into town. We really wanted to hear him, and um, this church was bringing in some phenomenal speakers. And uh, at the end... He, he started going into a time of ministry and just kind of prophesied over people and prayed over people and came over to us and asked us to stand up and, and he prayed over us. And one of the words he had for me personally was um, that he said, you're going to prophesy, young man. You're going to prophesy and you don't even know it. And, um, you know, come to pass, there, there's been a lot of prophecy and, and different things in my life that I've been able to, to do and words that I've been able to give. So... 2012, that happens. Just last week, we went to um, Alabama for spring break. We went down to Orange Beach, and um, you know Easter was during spring break and stuff like that. And and I, I wanted to find a church that we could go to while we were down there. And this particular person who prayed over us, his ministry is based out of Orange Beach. Go figure. <laughs> and so I contacted the ministry, just kind of said, hey, here's what, what's up back in, you know, 2012, you blah, 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 blah. You know, thank you for your ministry, that kind of stuff. And then just said, hey, we're going to be in town. Is there a, a church that you can recommend while we're, while we're in town that's, you know, 
spirit-filled and like-minded like us, and I knew that if they were recommending the church, it would be a, a church that we were, we were really wanting to go to and desiring. And so this uh, person that prayed for us, um, this man, his son responded in the email, and he said, you know, thanks for sharing with us. Uh, here's, here's the church that I go to, and, um, you know, they meet whatever, blah, blah, blah. They're in Pensacola, so it's, it was about a 40-minute drive for us. He said, it's a little bit of a drive, but definitely spirit-filled. And uh, that was his words, definitely spirit-filled. So here we are, you know, many years later, contacting the guy that prophesied over us, and, and his son gives us a church to go to, and we go to this church and it was awesome. It, it was amazing. The worship was phenomenal. It was really amazing. And it's, it's one, of those, one of those times where you walk into a new place, but it doesn't seem new. Like you walk into the place, and it's like the atmosphere never even changed, but it was almost the opposite of new. It was 100% welcoming, and, and just there was this sense of family, even though you weren't family there. I don't even know how to explain it. And it wasn't anything anyone did because no one had even talked to us yet at that point. So it was just, it was a great church. And the reason I share that with you is because after we went to the church and we were all talking about it and our, our, kid, our kids were like, can we go back? We're on spring break and our kids are asking if they can go back to church on spring break. So that's got to tell you something. And so it was a good church. So... Later on, I don't know when this was, when, when my wife had actually said something to me. She said, hey, did you, did you notice um, Allie's Facebook post? Um, that's our, our oldest daughter. And I said, no. And she said, you might want to read it. I'm going to read it to you. Quick little testimony from this wonderful vacation. On Sunday night, my family and I attended Freedom Church in Pensacola, Florida. While we were in worship, one of the pastors would come onto stage and talk to us for about 10 to 20 minutes, and then we would continue to worship. Anyways, one of those times that he was standing on the stage, he began to explain to a lady in the middle of the room that what was bitter in her life was turning to sweet, and her sorrow was being turned into joy. That her miracle night was that night. In that moment of the lady weeping in her chair, I felt God touching my heart, and I heard him tell me, that is my love for you and everyone around you. God put a picture in my heart of a newborn baby being brought into his mother, and the mother just calms the baby, weeping in joy and acting with love towards her newborn baby. God told me this is how I feel towards all of my children. Ever since this moment, whenever I have just looked at someone, God has told me, Allie, they are my child and I love them. That Facebook post didn't happen on April 5 at 10.47 p.m. That Facebook post happened back in 2012 when that man prophesied over my wife and I. Just because we don't see something happen in our lives right away after we get a word from God doesn't mean he's not doing anything. 
He's always doing something. And sometimes the moments when we don't know he's doing something, he's up to something the biggest. He doesn't need to show off. He knows what's going to happen. He doesn't need to tell us ahead of time. He knows. I almost think it's more fun for him for us to get to the point and be like, ah, I had no idea. I never saw that coming. I think sometimes he's just dangling a carrot in front of us, wanting us to follow it. It's like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And I don't even know what I'm going towards. And all of a sudden it's like, wham, I'm God. Nice to meet you. And we just see another aspect, another avenue of who God. But God is always doing something in our lives. And sometimes it's a process and sometimes it's something that builds upon each other. And sometimes it's, it's something that happened because of our past and, and God uses it in our future. One other example of that that I'll share with you on that, that same subject. Um, back in 2013, Steve Hage was here. I think we had a... I, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure it was part of a, um, a leadership conference. And uh, we had Robert Morris, and which, by the way, you guys pray for Robert Morris. He, um, he's in, last I knew, he's in critical, condi- critical condition with, with a medical condition. He got airlifted. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Robert Morris is, is the head pastor at Gateway Church in, in Dallas. Extremely influential um, and he's going through some serious medical conditions right now. So in your prayer time, please pray for, for uh, Pastor Robert. Um, but he was here and um, a couple other people. And Steve Hage was here on a Wednesday night. And this is, this is 2013. And at the end of his message, you know, he, he just kind of stopped. And he did a, a, a very small time of ministry and uh, he just, he said, you know, I, I really feel like some people here tonight are, are feeling like they're called into ministry. And if that's you, if God's doing something inside of your heart and, and you feel like you're being called to ministry, just stand up. And at that time, God was doing a lot of stuff in my life. And I definitely was not um, pursuing full-time ministry. I just knew there was something going on where I, I knew he was going to use me in some way. So for whatever reason, I, I stood up, and um, one of the biggest things that he said during that time was, you know, he just prayed over everyone, over everyone and said, God, you know, make it happen, do whatever you got to do, whatever he said. But this was one of the things that he said. He said, it's not going to happen the way you think it will, but it will happen. And there were a handful of us that were standing up that, that felt like we were being, being called into ministry. This was uh, January, March of 2013. That same year, in July of 2013, my wife and I found ourselves going to Texas, pursuing God because we thought he was calling us to Texas. And I've told that story here a couple times, and I won't get into it. But we, th- we thought we were getting called to Texas and I really had this, this strong sense this, that somehow, some way, there was some type of ministry or something involved in it because all of the things that were happening in our lives, it was just like God was getting our attention in some major, major ways. So some type of ministry was happening. So, so that was in July of 13. June of 2014, I was asked to work here. So a, a year and a few months 
later, after Steve Hage had, had spoke that word over us, it was a year after I had received that word that God is going to make it happen. But the thing that I forgot about, and I didn't remember until I just listened to the message the other day, we had to dig it out of the archives, was he said, it's not going to happen the way you think it will, but it will happen. I thought it was going to happen a different way, and it didn't. But it did. It did happen. We get this idea in our head sometimes that we have to have it all figured out before we can step into what God's called us to step into. And sometimes I think that God's just wanting us to stumble accidentally into something so that there's, there's no way of turning back. Because in that way, you've, you've actually committed yourself, and it's like, oh, crap, I actually got into this. <laughs> I'm going to have to keep going. I, I just started uh, hearing, like, the true message of healing and, and just started getting this understanding of healing. And healing wasn't just for me, but you could actually pray for somebody and they'd be healed. And I was like, what? That's awesome. And so I was just soaking up healing and devouring healing. And there was this, this guy at a three-day-long seminar, and I was listening over and over and over and over again to this, this healing seminar, and I just could not get enough of it. And so I, I was learning, learning about this. And, and during this time, um, I actually, it was a crazy time. I actually, uh, one, of our, one of our daughters was, um, fairly younger to where I was still carrying her and holding her. And um, we're standing in the kitchen. I was looking a different way, and something distracted me to look this way. Well, she had her finger right here. And as I looked, it was like across my eyeball. Just, sorry. I, I don't like talking about that stuff. It makes me, ugh. So just to kind of tell you what happened, that's what happened. I won't get into the details. But... <laughs> So, I mean, it was extremely painful, excruciating painful. Um, my eye was like this. I could not open my eye. I tried to open it. I couldn't open it. It hurt so bad. It stung. And in that moment, and I'm not suggesting this. This is just exactly where I was at in that moment. In that moment, I felt like, okay, everything that you've just been learning, it's time to put it into practice. And I pretty much stayed hidden in my room just listening to that recording over and over and over and over again and over again and over again. And it got to the point where it was like, we should probably, I should probably go to the eye doctor, but I didn't. And I listened to it over and over and over and over and over again. And, I mean, long story short, there's nothing wrong with my eye. It's completely healed. Um, I never knew what happened to it and it doesn't matter because it's healed now. Um, but that, that was kind of the, the process that I was going through. That was, that was where I was at with this, this whole understanding of healing. Well, during that same time, I was also on this History Network kick for whatever reason. So I was watching all this History Network stuff. And there was this one program that was coming on. And it was about um, a town in, in Portugal. It was a Portuguese town um, called Fatima. Fatima, Portugal, and the significance to it, there's a Catholic significance. It's a, it's a pilgrim site for 
pilgrimage site for, for Catholics. There's a sanctuary there. And so I'm just, I'm just watching this documentary and I have no idea why I'm watching it. It's like you find yourself watching a program and you're like, I have no idea why I'm watching this, but I'm going to watch it and I'm going to waste an hour of my life. And so I'm, I'm watching this and it's done. I mean, it's cool. It was interesting or whatever. And, and I was like, you know, whatever. Never thought anything about it. Fast forward, I don't know how far down the track. I'm getting my hair cut. And... The, the person said, you know, Ryan, it's your turn to get your hair cut. And I didn't know who this person was and, and sat down and, and, and she said, my name is Fatima. I was like, that's weird. I'm like, do you mean Fatima? And she looked at me. She goes, yeah, that's the, that's the proper way to pronounce it. Like, like how did you know? She's like, everyone, just, the way that it's spelled, it's, it looks like Fatima. And she's like, so I just go by Fatima. You know, my family, they call me Fadi. But um, um, it's, it's Fatima. And, and she's like, how did you know that? And I'm like, I was watching this History Channel thing about Fatima, Portugal, and she goes, yeah, yeah, I know all about it. She's like, that's my, that's my nationality. And, you know, she had some ties and all of that. And I just said to her, I said, um, because there was like some spiritual significance to it and stuff. And I just said, so do you, do you believe in all that stuff? You know, and just kind of, I was, I don't even know why I said it. Just kind of feeling where she was with her faith and everything. And, and um, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I believe in all of that. You know, I believe in God and everything. And. And um, so we had a really good conversation. So I started seeing Fatima um, when, when I was getting my hair cut. And one of the times that I went to see her, um, it, was, it was actually a mistake, long story short. It was, I was supposed to see somebody else at a different location, ended up at a different location seeing Fatima. And it was crazy. So talking to her, and she starts talking about her back. She's like, man, my back has just really been bothering me lately. And um, I said, let me guess, it's your sciatic nerve. She's like, how did you know that? I'm like, I don't know. I've just been hearing a lot of stuff about people's sciatic nerves. I don't even know why. I was just taking a stab in the dark. It's your sciatic nerve, isn't it? And uh, she's like, yeah, it is. She's like, it's really been hurting. So conversation moves on, and, and we're sitting there, and I go back to the, the whole back thing and, and it was one of those moments where you catch yourself saying something that you weren't planning on saying and as soon as it comes out of your mouth, you wish you could grab it and pull it back in. Because like I said, I was just learning about this whole healing thing. It was new. But because I was just meditating on it and soaking it in, it started coming out. And so she's telling me about her back. We go back to the back thing and, and I just say, matter of factly, I'm be like, I said, well, we can take care of that. And as soon as I said that, I was like, yeah, no. Like, words come back into my mouth, rewind. I did not just say that. And she looked at me, and she's like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? I'm like, crap. Oh, here we go, Lord. And uh, I said, we can pray, and, and God can heal you. And she's like, okay, sweet. So we get done, and, and um. She's ringing me up and, and everything, and, 
And she's like, what do we do? And I'm like, I, I don't know. You know, I'm like, uh, let's go outside. You know, because I didn't want to like cause a scene or anything. And, and I had never really done this before. And, and so we go outside on the sidewalk, which probably looked, looking back at it, it probably looked even more weird that we had to go outside and I'm out there holding her hands, facing each other, right? And so now they can't hear what we're saying. <laughs> so... We get on the sidewalk, and I don't even remember what I said, but I just grabbed onto her hands like a set of jumper cables, and I just, I just said, you know, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And I said something about, I don't know, I don't even remember what it was, but something. But she, we got done praying, and I looked at her, and she's like, it's gone. And I'm looking at her like, Really? how do you know? And I'm like, bend over or something. She's like, I don't have to. She's like, the minute you said, I don't remember what word it was. The minute you said that word, it was like lightning hit my back and it went down my spine and there was heat and it, all the pain is completely gone. And I was like, sweet, that is awesome. But here's the thing, here's the thing. It was part of a process. It was part of a process. I started hearing all this stuff about healing, and then I experienced healing myself, and, and I started you know, building up the faith to actually do something, and, and I started watching the History Channel for whatever reason. It was a part of the process. And, and God, in that moment, just showed me that, hey, I can use every single part of your life. Nothing's wasted if you're sensitive to what I'm doing with it. Nothing's wasted. So again, I encourage you, and I'm just here to tell you that nothing in your life has to be wasted. God can use it. Whatever it is you're feeling God calling you to, whatever it is that you heard last week to step into, to that, that assignment that you're supposed to step into, step into it. Step into it. God's waiting on you. It's your turn. It's your, it's your move. You know, he said, A1, and now you have to respond with C3. Battleship reference, sorry. But I don't know why I said that. It's just one of those things. You have one of those flashbacks from, from childhood memories and they just come back. God is in everything. Everything. And it's so interesting because the Bible, oh, we didn't even get to Bible verses yet. We'll do that. Um, the, 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 the Bible even says that we've been made a new creation in Christ Jesus. The, the word new is talking about never before up until the point of Jesus has this ever been. Not a new Daniel or, or a, a new Catherine. Yeah, that's true, but up until the point of Jesus, this new creation has never existed before. One who can both walk in the natural and the supernatural. One that can walk both in the physical and the spiritual. One that is here on earth and also seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's you. Up until Jesus, that didn't exist. You're a new breed. That's crazy if you think about it. Because every single thing you do, there's a physical and spiritual side to it. And we don't have to guess what's happening on the spiritual side. We have access to it. In everything. Every single part of our life, we have access to it. That's what Christ has done for us. 
And that's what he's calling every single one of us to. He's calling us to walk with him hand in hand in that assignment that he's given us. He's calling us to to be able to walk and see the burning bush and stop and be able to recognize that it's his presence. He's given us that right. Not only has he given us that right, but I believe he's in heaven right now saying, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Like, come on. Just like, just like a parent would encourage a little newborn or, or a baby to take his first steps. It's like, come on, you can do it. I know you can do it. I've seen it done before. Thousands of people have done it before you. It's available. Come on. He's saying that to all of us tonight. Come on. Come on. There's a fullness that you don't even know about. There's a fullness that you can experience. You have no idea what's in store for you. There's things that Moses saw. Moses walked in signs, wonders, and miracles. And Moses is no different than us. He was a person, a real person that stood on this earth. He's not just words in this book. It actually happened. If it happened for Moses, it can happen for you. It can happen for me. It can happen for anyone who dares to believe that God can do it. God does not waste anything, and he's calling us to a life of understanding that he does not waste anything. I did talk about scripture at one point. So my whole intention tonight in Proverbs 26, 20, and 21, it says, without wood, fire goes out. Now, in this context, it's, it's talking about a gossip or people who, who um, you know, add words to certain situations. It says, without a gossip, conflict dies down. As charcoal for embers and wood for fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. But it's the principle. Without wood, fire goes out. Without wood, fire goes out. Last week, you, you, you got an assignment. And this week, all I'm trying to do is put some wood on that fire, to build that fire within you, to stir up your faith and let you know that God can do awesome and amazing things even when we don't think he's doing awesome and amazing things. And it always comes back around to glorify him. I had a friend that was in need of prayer pretty badly, and I met with him. And we sat down, and, and as I was praying over him, he, he had his hands held like this, and I, I put my hands in his hands, and I found myself saying, I said, just as real as my fingers are touching your palms right now, God is going to make himself real to you. Just as real as you can physically feel my hands in your hands, God is going to make himself real with you. And then I found myself saying, he's going to do it with a rock. One of those moments where it's like, put those words back in my mouth, God. I don't know how that's going to happen. But he showed me that, that and I told my friend, I said, you're going you're gonna to walk by a rock, and you're going to know that for whatever reason, you know, this, this rock is for you, and God's going to use a rock to, to speak to you. <sighs> Only God, Right? So as he gets home, he lives out further and pulls into his gravel driveway. 
all rocks. He gets out and he's like, okay, <laughs> I might as well start looking, right? And I told him, I specifically told him, you're not going to have to look for it. It's going to stand out to you. You know what I mean? And so here we are thinking we know how it's going to work out, you know. And uh, I'm just picking on him. He's not here. And uh, so he, he's walking down his, his driveway and he's trying to find the rock. And he's like, okay, where's the rock? Where's the rock? Where's the rock? Where's the rock? That one? Nope, 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 nope. So then he forgets about the rock message. Takes his dogs out to go to the bathroom one day and it's kind of drizzly and whatever and he's just kind of grumbly in a grumbly mood and, and the dogs weren't necessarily responding to him and he was in the backyard and he's, he's calling them to come in and, uh, and as he's turning around to go inside, he just does one of these and turns back and sees a rock and he's like, hmm, Interesting. As he picks up the rock and puts it in his hand, it fits perfectly into his, his fingertips, his hand. And as soon as that rock lined up with his unique hand, as soon as his fingertips lined up, God said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm always with you. Not too long ago, I was in the access office talking with Jake, Pastor Jake, and Nick, who we know who's been here, Nick Mayo. I'm leaving the office, and Nick, sitting there, typical Nick fashion, just laid back. He's like, hey. I'm like, what's up? Turn around. And he goes like this. Here. Throw something at me, and I catch it. It's a stone. It's a rock. As I caught it, I looked at it. I'm like, what the heck? I grabbed a hold of it. And as I was playing with it, it lined up perfectly with my fingerprints. In that moment, God shared the same thing with me that he shared with my friend. God is in everything. Whether we want to admit it or not, whether we want to say he is or not, whether we want to recognize it or not, God is in everything. He sees you where you're at. He knows what you're going through. He knows what he's called you to. He's a big God. He can handle it. He knows what he's doing. He's been doing it for a long time. And he wants to do it with you. Every single one of you. Jared, if you could come up if you're in here. I want to share just a couple more testimonies. And then we'll pray. Uh, um previous job that I had before I started working here, um, I worked there both B.C. and A.D. Um, before Christ and then after I finally died to myself. And my prayer used to be, really it was a, it was a whiny cry, 
God, get me out of this place. Just because some of the stuff that was going on there, God, get me out of this place. I don't want to be here anymore. But it wasn't until I started bringing in some of his truth into the workplace that he started working on what was next for me. Like so often we go to this place of, of God, get me out of here because this is so bad. God, surely this isn't your will for me. But how does darkness get brighter if light's removed? Something I learned as I worked there, and, and as I started trying to listen to God in the midst of it and just trying to, to do what I could do and be obedient to what, what, what he wanted me to do while I was there, he did some things. One, one day I was pulling into the parking lot and I saw this person's truck and I just had this scripture that came to mind and, and I said to him, I said, hey, um, it's gonna sound weird, but um, when, I, when I pulled into the parking lot, I, I heard this scripture. I felt like I was supposed to share this scripture to you. And I don't remember what it was and I just said it to him and I wasn't even halfway done. He just starts weeping and bawling. I don't know what it was about. God did, and that's what was important. That same place had a measly $5 gift card, Meyer gift card. I felt like I was supposed to give it to someone. It wasn't even mine. It was my wife's. <laughs> I took it from Thank you. I felt like I was supposed to give it to him. It's like five bucks, and it's like one of those things. It's like, God, this thing's five bucks. You know what I mean? I mean, I realize that that's significant to some people. I realize that. But sometimes when, when we think God's going to do something, we think it needs to be like extremely extravagant and over the top. Our faith is there. So I, I took this, this Meyer gift card and I gave it to him. And he just broke down. And he said, you have no idea how much this means to me. I'm really struggling financially right now. I know that God can provide. I know that. But I'm not seeing evidence of it. So you have no idea what this means to me. Later on, I was at a conference. It's like a exposition or I don't even know what it was. Some thing, work-related thing in Traverse City with that same person. And, and we're at another airport, at the Traverse City Airport. It's an expo, or whatever you want to call it. And uh, they do door prizes and everything at the end. And, and uh, at the end, you know, they're, they're calling off all these awesome door prizes and everything. And my name gets pulled. $5 gift card to Meyer. Guess who was there to witness it? The guy that I gave it to. You can't make this stuff up, people. God is in everything. He knows what he's doing. He's a big God. He's perfectly capable. You know, some of you might, might say to yourself, God's called me to some big things. 
I don't see it happening though. Or, you know, I hear what you're saying about the, the workplace, but you have no idea what my workplace is like. Let me twist that a little bit. Your workplace has no idea what God's like. Listen to this. There have been several different great awakenings and, and movements in the history of the United States. And during one of the great awakenings, revivals, whatever you want to call them, it, it, it began in Canada where there were 21 people saved and it grew steadily until between 25 and 40 were converted each day. Slowly reports of small awakenings began to emerge from various states in America. Then, in September 1857, Jeremiah Lamphere, a businessman, okay, a businessman, not a pastor, not a preacher, businessman, and a convert of uh, Finney's, 10 years ago, converted. He began a noonday prayer meeting on Wednesdays in a New York church. The small but growing numbers decided to meet daily in early October. Within six months, six months of this businessman deciding to hold a prayer meeting, six months, over 10,000 businessmen were meeting in similar meetings all across America, confessing sins, being converted, and praying for revival. It was a lay-led movement that harvested a million souls in two years. In 1858, from February to June, around 50,000 people a week were, were attending, were, oh, I'm sorry, 50,000 people were added to the church. A week. I want to remind you, at this time, our nation, the population was only 30 million. One businessman probably answered a call to an assignment that God had given him. Maybe God said, hey, this is going to go worldwide. Maybe he didn't. But guess what? He started with one prayer meeting. And that's all God's calling every single one of you to do. He's done it before. He can do it again. That's fitting. Let's do that song. I want everybody to stand up. I'm not saying that, that I'm, any, I'm special to do this. I just feel like it needs to be done. You know, there are times where we hear something. There's, there's times where we know what we need to do. But then there's some times where we need the permission or we need the commissioning to do it. There's something that triggers inside of us for somebody to say, hey, it's okay, you can do it. And that's all I want to do tonight. As you're standing here, you guys are free to leave after I pray. Jared's just going to go back and to do it again. I wanted him to play that again because I've seen God move mountains. I know he can do it again. And he can do it again and again and again and again and again because he's the same God. And it's not for me. It's for y'all. Every one of us. So I'm here to tell you, right now, you have permission. Right now, you are being commissioned to go step into what God's calling you to step into.
How can I say that? I don't have to. It's already been said. He said, go, lay hands on the sick. They will be healed. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. This right here has already said it. I'm here to tell you you have permission to do this everywhere you go. So Father, I thank you for everyone here tonight. Father, I thank you for what you're calling them to, and I thank you for the boldness that's gonna rise up within them to step into what they're called to do. Father, I thank you for the fact that we can hear you, that you speak to us and we can speak to you. And Father, tonight as we go out, we just praise you. We thank you that you can move mountains. We thank you that you're going to do it again. And we anticipate great things because of the word tonight. Father, this is your word. I don't want it to be a word that came from my mouth. I want it to be something that results in changes in every single one of our lives. So Father, we grab onto that. We anticipate that. In Jesus' name, amen.